What's up, y'all? Welcome to the fourth episode of Off the Deck Podcast. I know it's been a while. We've been uh, pretty busy at our other jobs, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, we actually have to work. Yeah, we actually have to do other things. Um, this week we got, of course, Tiger. Obviously, you got to talk about him. We got the Dell match play coming up this weekend. Um, the new rules for golf that have been in- implemented, and over the break, we became country club members. Implemented. That was a solid word for Ryan. Anyways, yes, I am smart and use words very big. Yes. Uh, <laughs> let's move on. Let's start talking about Tiger because he's played in three tournaments since we last uh, made an episode. We got the Honda Classic, then the Valspar, and back-to-back weeks, the Arnold Palmer last week. So the Honda, he came in uh, tied 12th, even par. Valspar tied 2nd at 9-under, and the Arnold Palmer came in tied 5th at 10-under. What are you thinking about that, Oliver? I now have a most hated person on tour, and that is Paul Casey. Oh, my God. Paul Casey. He ruins everything. Completely ruined it. He did ruin it for all of us, but... Golf world would have gone nuts. The internet would have exploded. I probably could have divided by zero. I'm too afraid to try still, but it could have happened. (laughs) Uh, but, I mean, Paul Casey's not a hateable guy, but now he is, I guess. Yeah, like, Apollo Creed could have won and beat Tiger, and I would have been even furious with him. And I love Apollo Creed. I love Rocky movies, but it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, uh, what do you think about him at the Masters coming up? I mean, he's hot right now. So hot right now. <laughs> Tiger so or hot. Apollo Creed? Ah, uh, Tiger. Uh, I think, I mean, he's going to be in contention. I mean, if you look at it, it's like... He knows how to play the course. So does Bernard Langer and Freddie Couples. And they're always, like, every year one of them's in the mix. And, I mean, it just is what it is. I think Tiger's going to be able to play pretty well and contend. You know what I'm, you know I'm kind of hoping for? Praying for. But, but if I pray for it, it's not going to happen at all. Phil Tiger. Phil Tiger, final group, Sunday. Bam. That would be pretty sweet. Wouldn't be mad at it. And then you could have, like, JT and Ricky in the group in front of them. Do you remember what I said a few episodes ago on the podcast where it's like I predicted Phil Mickelson will never come close to winning a tournament ever again in his whole career. What does he go and do like two weeks later? Goes and wins a PGA event. Yep. Like a solid a solid tournament also. So I'm going to say my vote is Tiger never wins the Masters ever again. Fingers crossed. Yep. Reverse jinx. <laughs> Reverse jinx. Sixty percent of the time, it works every time. <laughs> yeah. So if if any of y'all are betting people out there listening, uh, do everything the exact opposite of what I say. I would throw money on Paul Casey. I think Paul Casey's like thirty to one. Yeah, we saw him when we went up there, and I mean, he does well at the Masters. I feel like every year, and he's got some confidence since he won two weeks ago. So. Paul Casey, I think, could be a nice pick at, what is he, 30 to 1 odds? Yep, that's exactly what I just said. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, I was pumped. Like, I was, like, I was pretty excited, I guess you could say. We're family friendly uh, about Tiger. Like, he went up to, what was it, 15 or 16 and hooked his, hooked his flipping uh, driver OB Oh, my God. Like, all you had to do is hit three wood there. Like, he wanted to go driver wedge and do the par five. I mean, he kind of did the same exact thing on the Valspar, where, like, he's still in contention, and then come hole, what, like, 15, he uh, seems to 
take himself out, but I can't remember what happened in the Valspar. What exactly? Happened? He gets too excited. Like he gets eager. <laughs> he gets a little excited, and uh, just activates the glutes too too quick, and uh, tends to hook the ball left. I guess those glutes are overpowering at times. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they can be a little overpowering. Uh, but dude, I'm excited what's going on. Like it almost kind of just shows how good he is. The guy couldn't even get out of a bed. He was pretty much bedridden and then got his fusion back surgery and now he's out there with back-to-back top fives and then like three of the last four tournaments top 25. I know. It's it's awesome for the golf world and it's awesome for businesses everywhere thriving on Tiger. Biznai. Yeah. Biznai. I kind of wish he was playing this week in the Dell match play though. Yeah. Well, who was the video we, that you just showed me? Who was the guy he beat nine and eight? Oh, I don't know. But some Stephen guy, Ames. Yeah, talking shit before Steve- the thing, saying, oh, the, he could hit it anywhere, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, Stephen Ames talking crap about Tiger. And you know what happens when you talk bad about Tiger? He goes and loses all ten holes in a row, and Tiger's done for the day. And goes on and wins. Or I don't know if he actually went on and win the tournament. Who cares? He won't. He earned respect. It doesn't matter. It's like when you play pickup basketball. It's like yeah, you can foul the crap out of the guy, but if it looked cool, it's like oh, you get ball out of respect. Yeah. I wish I could win match play ten holes in a row and then just be over. Yeah, you can't even beat me like that. Nope. Unfortunately, I cannot. Nope, nope, nope. I actually lost money to Oliver recently <laughs> on the course. If any of you follow uh, Off the Deck Instagram, I highly recommend you follow our uh, Instagram page at Off the Deck Off the Deck Podcast. And tell your friends about the page and the podcast. We're trying to get the followers up so we can do cooler, more fun things for all you people out there. Our actual podcasts are weeks apart, probably, but we're always, always posting on the Instagram page so you can follow us, what we're doing, keep up to date, and whatnot. Yeah, we were supposed to make this episode last week, and then we were like, you know what? We actually have good golfing weather, so screw the podcast. Let's go play some golf. Yeah, it had <laughs> been raining for every single day, and then finally we get our awesome spring weather, and it's just, and then obviously we'll talk about later. We became members at a country club due to an awesome deal they were throwing. And so we've. Uh, I think they needed lots of money really, really quick. They needed a lot of money really quick. The only thing you can assume, I guess, is that the members didn't feel like increasing their monthly dues, and so they're like, all right, well, we're going to throw out a sweet deal to get new new members out. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. I don't think they're a fan of me wearing Hawaiian flat bills on the course. Oh, my God. Yeah. I still can't tame Oliver's uh, outfits on the course, but one day we'll get there, maybe. It's called Style, Ryan. <laughs> Look it up. Welcome to 2018. <laughs> Moving on, the Dell match play this week. Let's see, our first four seeds. One seed, Dustin Johnson. Two seed, Justin Thomas. Three seed is John Rahm. Four seed, Jordan Spieth. I don't know if Spieth has a four seed. He has been, I mean, I don't want to say he's been playing like trash, but he's been playing as close to anything that could potentially be trash is. I mean, in his bracket, he's got Patrick Reed, How Tong Lee, and Charles Schwartzel, and I'm picking Patrick Reed to win that. Hong Tong Lee, dude. You pick Lee? I'm picking Patrick Reed for sure. Hong sh- Tong Lee. I don't like Patrick He's coming in hot. I don't He's like coming Patrick. in hot. <laughs> I don't like Patrick Reed, but I think he's definitely, his game is the best out of all four right now. He's going to go ahead in that bracket for sure. 
Um, Confession, never seen a Captain America movie. And now I'm even happier about that, now that Patrick Reed is called Captain America. I mean, the Captain America movies are good. All the they Mar- probably are. All the Marvel movies are good. but They, they might be. They just, they're all the same to me. I only root for Patrick Reed in the Ryder Cup. And well, yeah, it's like you can't be like a communist. It's like it's like it's like yeah, I mean, I'm not the biggest Patrick Reed fan, but it's like I can't root against America. It's like clearly we do a podcast. The FBI is listening. Yeah, probably not listening. No one, no one listens. <laughs> no one listens to this podcast. What are you talking about? Nah, I'm sure one of our tens of thousands of followers actually is FBI people. There's tens of people out there listening. Tens of thousands. Oliver, you have to make it seem like <laughs> better than it actually is. Better than it is. Alrighty. Okay, but looking at the first group, DJ up against Kisner. I think Kisner could give him a run for his money. Kisner's a bulldog, man. Nope. DJ gonna win. He's well rested. Yep. Off of his trips to Vegas with Kepka. Well rested, banging salutes, or just one salute. Um, yeah. Hey, she's a nice lady. Adam had him shot 59 once, what, like two years ago? But, I mean, he's not playing well right now. The next group, we've got Kucher, F- Fisher, Aikida, and Zach Johnson. Zach I'll- Johnson. He's, he's getting it. He's the 54 seed. He's Zach the, Johnson. He's the lowest seed in that group. And I could, and he's the only name I could pronounce <laughs> except for Kucher. Yeah. But, but I, I think Zach Johnson can do it, man. Like he can, like he can just be like lulling and like ba- like just making the cut lines, and then he'll come back and win. Like he's if you he can just get the ball in the fairway, and he can get a wedge in his hand. The dude's a beast with a wedge. I would like Zach Johnson to win that group, but if I say he's gonna win the group, he's not gonna win the group. All right. Uh, next. All right. Let's move over to the other side of the bracket. Two C Justin Thomas. Molinari, Kazire, and Luke List. I mean, is it Kazire or Kazir? I say Kazire. It doesn't matter. No, I'm surprised. He went to Auburn, so it definitely doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I don't know. I think JT's going to win. JT's just a beast. But I'm surprised Kazir's he's won, what, twice this year? Once this year? He won in Mexico, but did he also win in... He won the first, like, he did won... Did he win Kapalua? Who won Kapalua? DJ won DJ Kapalua. Won Kapalua. But, Easily. Uh, but uh, or did he win the Sony? He might have. Because the only one who's won two tournaments this year. Okay, well, yeah, he's won two tournaments. He's the forty-eight seed, so that's pretty pretty weak. But I mean, the FedEx Cup points, he's like second. Okay, I don't know who could come out of this group: Pat Perez, Gary Woodland, Webb Simpson, and Siwoo Kim. Yeah. That's All right. A- first off, I'm not rooting for Pat Perez. That's a toss-up. Yeah, I think I can see Gary Woodland. I can see Woodland, Webb Simpson. Webb Simpson has been actually been playing pretty well. And then Sibu Kim, he's just dog, straight dog. Yeah, that's a toss up. Nobody knows. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how they did last year in this tournament. If they played in this tournament, if this is a good uh, course for them. I'm but... just going Gary Woodland. Okay. He's got pythons. He's pretty beast. Um, the group under them, we got Paul Casey, Matthew Fitzpatrick, Kyle Stanley, and Russell Henley. I'm gonna choose my new mortal enemy, and Paul Casey. New mortal enemy, <laughs> Paul Casey. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's feeling confident after his win, so hopefully he, uh, well, I guess Matthew Fitzpatrick is ranked one below him, the 10 and 11 seed. Eh. Yeah, I mean, I don't really watch Fitzpatrick play. I mean, he's mainly a European tour guy. Yeah, that's true. We did see him in the Masters, but he's like about, what, 4 foot 11? Dude is tiny. Yeah. Paul Casey's clearly the favorite to win that group, and we're just going to stick with it. Yeah. 
All right, you want to go across the other side of Tommy Fleetwood's group? Tommy Fleetwood group with Daniel Berger or Daniel Berger, <laughs> if you're a... Uh... It's Berger. <laughs> he's a Berger guy. Are you sure he's not French? I've always thought Daniel Berger could be French. It could be, but it's not. <laughs> All right, Kevin Chappell and Ian Poulter. First off, hey, Poulter. Probably the nicest guy ever, but I hate him. But I'm I like go- I like following his Instagram. He's got a really cool car collection. Yeah, but and uh, apparently he's not that bad off the course. He's apparently a nice guy. Yeah. Uh, but when I followed him, at the he's, dirt, a, he, he's a quote unquote villain of the PGA Tour. Oh my God, the PGA Tour is so many villains. They're so mean. When in reality, like they're all like probably nicer than anyone in the NFL. <laughs> yeah, and all donate to charity. <laughs> but uh, but uh, yeah, I followed. Ian like, Bolter at the Zurich, and he, like, said F-word a lot of times around a lot of little kids. So I was like, hmm. Friends and family? Friends and family. <laughs> but, uh, now I'm going to go Daniel Berger. Nope, Tommy Fleetwood. You you have, like, the biggest man crush on Fleetwood. I don't know what it it's is. It's the flow. That's <laughs> what it is. Yeah. What do you mean, what is it? It's the flow for sure. Oh, my He's God. He's got the best flow on tour. Pat Perez is second. Pat Perez has disgusting flow. It's like a disgusting bad, like in a bad way. It's a little greasy. It's but super greasy. Eh, it All is right. what it is. Let's hop over. We got Sergio, Xander Shoffley, uh, Sharma, and I don't know, some other guy. He's not going to win. Let's but, go Sharma. <laughs> you're going Sharma? Sharma. He's I only, th- what, 18 years old? I don't know, maybe. Sharma, he's from India. And he's, <laughs> oh, my God. I hope he does well. I, I think, think it's cool. I think Zan- I mean I hope so too. I like the underdog story, but I think it's gonna be Xander Shoffley. Just because he has a cool name, Xander. No, it's uh, I mean yeah, it's a cool name. I'm not gonna lie, but uh, no, he just plays well. He's, he won he, Rookie of the Year last year. I mean, he also won the Tour Champion. Oh no, yeah. yeah, he did. He yeah, he did. Yep, yep, yep. I mean, he's got the talent to beat anybody out there, and if, you, if he's like all, all of- the is outplay one guy, I think he can outplay one guy. I mean, I like I like Shoffley. I don't know. I'm going. I'm all in on Sharma. Thinking about now, we probably should have wrote this down and updated it. <laughs> Whoever wins, but oh well. Yeah, we. If okay, if I like someone, remember it's always the opposite. <laughs> Just keep that in mind. All right, other group we got Jason Day, Louis Oosthuizen, Duffner, and James Hahn. That's a pretty good group. That is a really good group. It's it's an understated group because no one's really talked about it. Yeah. But I. I don't think Louie's playing that good right now. Jason Day is on his game again, which is awesome. I yeah. like that. Duffner. Day. Always go for the Duff Daddy. Duff Daddy. And James Hahn. Like, James Hahn's very streaky. He's James really, Hahn. really bad or he's really, really good. Which, which James Hahn do we see? I'm going uh, Jay Day. Jay Day? Yep. Yeah, you would go for the top seed of the group. You got to pick a few of the top seeds. I'm going for James Hahn. I'm saying he's hot. Okay. That's that's your opinion. If I say James Hahn, Jason Day's going to win. <laughs> All righty. Who's next? Matsuyama, Cantlay, Cameron Smith, and who's the last guy? Miyazato. There we go. Yeah, they would put the two Japanese people in the same group. PGA Tour World Golf Championships. <laughs> what are y'all doing? All right. I'm going with Patrick Cantlay. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Oh, gosh. 
What's the next group over here? We got Rory. You didn't Brock. pick someone out of the group. Pick someone out of the group. I don't need to pick anyone out of the group. I'm going to go with Miyazato because he's the worst in the group. <laughs> Lowest seed will probably be better. All right, who we got over here? Are we on, we're on Rory's group, huh? Rory. Coming off a win. Brian Harmon, Johnny Vegas, and uh, Uline. All right, can we just talk? Uh, you were talking about Xander being a cool name? Johnny Vegas. Is a badass name. That is a cool name. I like the name Johnny Vegas. But I'm going Rory. The dude won last week, and he's playing. He's just a beast. So yeah, I'm going Rory. When you win last week, you I mean players usually tend to play really well the next week. That's yeah. that's a given. So I think Rory can walk through that group. Um. All right. Group below it. We got Mark Leishman, Brandon Grace, Bubba Watson, and Siri from iPhone. It's, yeah. I don't know who Siri is. Um, but I'm gonna go Bubba. Bubba. I think Bubba's coming back. He switched off of Volvic. He's on the Titleist ball. Yes. Bubba is hit or miss for me, but yeah, I'm gonna go with Bubba as well. Well, he's bound not to win. All right, who we have over there? <laughs> so now he's definitely not gonna. Who's win. the next group? Tyrell Hatton, Charlie Hoffman, Brendan Steele, and uh, Levy. I'm gonna go Charlie Hoffman. The dude's just got a buttery swing. I wish he still had his flow. Yeah. Well, ever since he cut the flow off, his career's been pretty solid. He has been good. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Well, yeah, I think it's Charlie Hoffman. And his caddy still talked to me at the Masters, so I have to go for Charlie Hoffman. True story. That happened. I saw it. I was there. (laughs) All right. Who's below that? Alex Noren, Tony Finau, Thomas Peters, and Kevin Na. That's another group that anybody could win. Anyone could win that group. That is like a solid group. I am rooting for Finau, though. And I'm sure also... Any of the betting odds for that group like are all the same. Uh, I like Tony Finau the best. I like him. Doesn't mean he's going to win. I mean, if they all got their A game, it's going to be Thomas Peters. Uh, I haven't really heard anything of Peters since the Masters last year. Because he's a European guy. But he's a European tour guy, and I don't follow European tour, even though apparently the European tour is really, really cool. And I just do. want walk-up songs on the PGA tour. Walk-up songs on the PGA tour. That's it. Awesome. I want it to be like 6.45 in the morning, someone walking to the first tee and Rage Against the Machine is just freaking blaring. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's get the people going. What player would have Rage Against the Machine as their walk-up song if you had to pick one? Me. You, yes. Or any person that actually has a good golf game. Yeah. I would change it depending on the type of day, time of day. Thursdays, Rage Against the Machine is not, it's not good for Thursday. Friday is good. Friday's Saturday is good. Saturday's but you good. can't play Rage Against the Machine on a Sunday. It's a day of rest. <laughs> it's a day of rest. <laughs> you can't be raging on a Sunday. <laughs> uh, All right. Where are we on the next one? Uh, I don't even know. Is that know. Phil's group? Phil's group. I think Phil comes out of that group. Who do we even have in there? Charles Howell Third, Rafa Cabrera-Bello, and some other guy I've never heard of. Codera. Not even saying it right. And then Phil. Yeah, I think Phil comes out of that. Phil. I like Phil now. Yeah, now that he's proven you wrong. Now that he's proven me wrong. He, you know, Phil probably listens to this podcast. He's like, screw you, Ryan. Yes. Yeah, screw you, Phil. Keep winning. <laughs> Not sure how to interpret that. <laughs> All right. Then we're going over to Speeth's group. Speeth's group. Speeth, Patrick Reed. Probably the most talked about grouping so far because, oh, my God, they both played a team on the Ryder Cup, and now they're enemies in this foursome. Like, big deal. Like, come on. They play against each other every single week. Yep. It's, not, it's nothing new. 
Not a big deal, but I'll take anyone besides Patrick Reed. I wish Jordan Spieth would win that group, but you know who's going to win? Charles Schwartzel. No, Hao Tong Lee. Oh, yeah, I already picked Hao Tong Lee. You picked Hao Tong Lee. Yeah. But uh, actually, I picked Patrick Reed, but I want to win. <laughs> so I'm going to say Patrick Reed wins the group, hoping he doesn't. Yep. Patrick Reed wins. Wink, wink. Wink, wink. All right, and then the last one we got is... Uh, John Rahm, F. Barnrat, Ches Reeve, and Keegan Bradley. I want Keegan. I want to make Keegan great again. Why? Only because he wears the J's? Jays are sweet, man. He's a Strixon guy. The Jays, I you know. You play Strixons. I play Strixons, and I love my Strixons. Yeah. So you got to be hashtag team Strixon. I kind of wish Jordan's golf shoes looked a little better than they do. They're supposed to look like basketball shoes, Ryan. They look terrible. Like Coming from someone who doesn't like basketball. I can't pull off the basketball shoes. Yeah, because you're a weird-looking person. Oh, my God. I don't know. All right, Keegan. Keegan can pull off Jordans. The only, Anybody can pull. The off only Jordans. people who can pull off basketball shoes are people that have like bigger than size fourteen feet. I feel like. I'm fourteen. I can pull off basketball shoes. Well, yeah, you played basketball. All righty. Basketball well, is the one sport I sucked at. As much as I like Keegan, I gotta get John Rom. Yeah, uh, John Rom. Yep, John Rom. John, John, John Rom. So Ryan, who do you think is gonna win the Dell match play? The winner of the Dell match play this year, I think, is going to be. Is it really? Is it? Is it bad if I say DJ? <laughs> I was going to say DJ, but I think I might, get, <laughs> I might get JT just to go with JT. Oh my gosh, we we like that's cop out. It's a total cop out. Total right, cop under, out. Underdog, underdog to win. Underdog to win. I'm going Kisner. Phil. Oh my god. You want to call Phil Hall of Fame player and underdog? Yeah. He's already won this year? I don't think he's won the Dell match play before. He won like what? Two weeks ago. So? <laughs> okay. He's played the, on countless what, President's Cups and he's the 14, Ryder Cups. He's the 14 seed. So that's technically an underdog. If a 14 seed won March Madness, would they be an underdog? That's what I thought. It's not the same. Yeah, Loyola Chicago. Let's go. They're an 11 seed. I don't care. Yeah, they're better than Phil Mickelson. And they're still an underdog. I'm not following your logic (laughs) on this at all. (laughs) I feel like this doesn't work the same way. All right. No matter who I pick to win the Dell match play, they're not going to win anyway. It doesn't matter. So you know what we're going to do? We're going to talk about the new rules of golf that are being... Uh, implemented in 2019. And yes, I use the word implemented again because there's no other word to say. I mean, I just... That's I mean, the word. I'm just proud. To like, use To see situation. Ryan use words that are more than two syllables is just like phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, that's what happens when you go to school and get a master's degree. Give me one more big word. Indubitably. That is, that is yeah, a, big word. a good word. It's probably right. bigger than any word I think of. Preach to me the new rules of golf. The new rules of golf. Let's see. I've got a few. I don't know if it's all of them. Let's see. The ball, you can drop now from knee height instead of shoulder height. Out of bounds, you can now take a two-stroke penalty and drop it in the fairway. That's huge. It's huge for recreational golf because it saves a bunch of time. No, it's also it doesn't make you hit a provisional from the tee box again. Like, yeah, even in a competition, it's nice. Yeah, but yeah. what if you're like, but like, there's also always the chance that your provisional is an amazing shot that could be better than that. It's the same thing as hitting a provisional. 
you take it's like the same shot, but like you're basically guaranteeing your shot from a fair from the fairway. Yeah, pretty much. Which is nice. All right, another one. Um, there's no penalty for your ball accidentally moving on the green as long as the player says they're certain they didn't cause it. To yeah, you. I agree. But just because you're addressing the ball in the wind gust doesn't mean you technically made that ball move. No, that's good. I like that rule because I get behind it. There's a bunch. There's a few times the ball's moved on me and I didn't touch it, and it just was just the wind or the lie. I don't know. There's a few times that I kicked the ball out of the woods and call a penalty. <laughs> Okay, you can move loose impediments or touch the ground or water in a penalty area, but it does not include the bunker. You still cannot touch the sand in a bunker. So or move that, loose that's impediments. silly to me. I yeah. feel like because I remember watching Graham McDowell a couple years ago get a penalty because he hit a leaf that was behind his ball in a bunker because you're not allowed to hit a loo- quote unquote loose impediment in a bunker. Apparently, that is dumb because that, like that's what I would call very dumb. If you're gonna change the rule, at least change the rule where when it happens 99.9 percent of the time, which is in the bunker. Like outside of a bunker, oh, you're in like a hazardy swamp grass or like in a the native water. area. A na- yeah, that's what I'm talking about. A native area or in the water. Like okay, so you can move a loose impediment in the water or in a native area, which is what like a pine cone, a pebble, like ball rolls up against an alligator. Is that alligator a loose impediment? Um, do you move that alligator with your bare hands? <laughs> I guess I guess you can if you're Cody Gribble, because yeah. he did. He didn't give a crap about that alligator. I wouldn't do it. I would. I wouldn't. Would you go hit out of the water at Bay Hill where they have alligators? If there's alligators in the water, yeah, that's fine because alligators are like super skittish. We live in Louisiana, like yeah. not a big deal. Yeah, but like, I wouldn't like get all up on an alligator. No, we no. play with we play with alligators all the time. Yeah, better golfers than you think. <laughs> like alligators are not scary people. They are more scared of you than you are scared of them. We promise. Yep. Ask Steve Irwin. Crocodile hunter. Not the an, same animal. An alligator definitely did not kill Steve Irwin. But uh is there still an argument going on about like ball distance? Ball di oh uh, yeah. They're still talking about like taking what twenty per- up to twenty percent distance off the ball. I don't think it's gonna happen. I don't think so either. The USGA just wants to get their name out there in the in the news. I yeah. hate the USGA, but it's not gonna happen. Yeah, USGA sucks. It's not gonna happen. And if it does happen, Sucks for Oliver, not me, because I can out hit him. So, end of story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Take that one how you like, people. All right, um, what are some more rules? You can repair spike marks on the green now. Doesn't matter. All our greens we play on suck. All the greens have <laughs> spike marks. Actually, the Pelican greens are pretty good. Okay. But there's just ball marks everywhere. We're going to get to that in a little bit. Um, you can leave the flag stick in when you putt. I do that anyway. Mm-hmm. I did that before the rule change, so it doesn't change anything for me. And I know play. I don't. I don't see a professional player ever leaving the flag stick in to putt anyway. No. Is there any situation why you would? Not that I could think of. Yeah, I mean, I guess not. Um, you don't get Bryson pal- DeChambeau will find a reason to do it. Bryson DeChambeau just will, so he could be different. He'll look into the physics of him having a better chance of making the putt. The flag stick in. And he will be the player to have the flag stick in on every single putt. Yep. I can, yep. I don't like Bryson, but yep, good for you and your cool hat. You just don't like him because he's smarter than you. Yeah, well, a lot of people but he are flaunt, smarter than me. But he flaunts it, though, yeah. which I don't like. You don't have to flaunt that you're smarter than everyone. Get it. All right. 
You don't get penalized for a double hit. Which I think is stupid. You think you should get penalized for a double hit? You hit it twice. But like a double hit's not something you ever try to do. It's not it like honestly a double hit it alters the flight of your ball. But a double hit alters the flight of your ball negatively. Not all the time. 90% of the time. Okay, what if you so you're saying that if you're short-sided, you could just basically open your club face wide open, flop it straight up and then kind of just like tap it like these trick shot guys do. So Wesley Bryan is going to be in the rough. He's going to flop it up catch the ball on his wedge <laughs> and then drop it near the hole. <laughs> I Technically mean, a double hit. I would actually love to see that on TV on a tour like like in a match. That I would, would hate it. You, I would probably throw fruit at my TV. That would be so awesome. Hoping it would awesome. go through the TV and That would be so West. awesome. It adds, it adds a more exciting part of the game. But I think they you should... You sound like Barstool. But you the absolutely rule. sound like Barstool now. Yeah, we're going to get into Barstool's... Let's get into it? it right now. Pre- in their rule changes. El Presidente's six, six, six rule manifesto he had. I mean, it's all dumb, but... It's all, oh, it's almost all dumb. I could get behind the spring break hole. Spring break hole. Okay, so yeah, what was his manifesto? Let's talk about it. Let's see. Make every tournament like the waste management. Have quiet holes. Screw one, one speed hole. One throw per 18. So dumb. A spring break style par three hole and gambling on every hole. Let's see. The only thing I can get behind on that would be the last two. Having a spring break par three hole. Yeah. Which would be fun. I mean, the older people aren't going to like it. But, and then a gambling on every hole. Like, well, okay. The thing is, like, that could be done outside of the PGA Tour. That could be third party and yeah. not be on the PGA Tour. Gambling on every that hole. That comes down to, like, government regulating sports betting. Yeah, that has nothing to do with... The game of golf as a game. That's why El Presidente or whatever his name is is a complete moron. His, yeah, it's so dumb. Okay. Uh, do we really need to talk about his rules anymore? Probably not. Um, for anyone that doesn't know, the Spring Break Par 3 hole is just a Par 3 hole with like a beach that has lots what? of beer and girls in bikinis. And so, I can't be against that. Can't be against it. There's no reason. What is what's our next topic we're gonna talk about? Us becoming country club members. Da, da, da. And the hitting bay. Yes. Alright. The most exciting parts are personal lives that nobody care about. Nobody cares about at all. Yep, yeah, y'all are probably getting ready to turn off the podcast, so well, yeah. if y'all are gonna stay and listen, you get to hear about our new country club membership and hitting bay. Okay. Enjoy. Alright, so the country club we joined is Pelican Point in Gonzales, Louisiana, which is like 30 minutes away from where we live, but totally worth the drive because their greens are really, really nice. They have an 18-hole, what they call the Lynx course. Where you have to carry water all over the place. It's the Lynx course that has water on every hole, um, and the Lynx course, which is a nine-hole course. Yeah, but the deal was pretty... Pretty dope. I'm not gonna lie. It's 150 bucks for three years of unlimited golf on the nine hole course, and then you can play the 18 hole course after three o'clock. But you have to get a cart. But that nine hole course, I just go there and just push cart it for free now, like as much as I can. Yeah, we push cart mafia that nine hole course all the time for free now. When it's normally we've like we've already gotten our money back. Plus, we've played. We've played. We've each played. Years. So we've been members here for like. 
three weeks now, maybe two weeks. Yeah. And we've played, what, five, four times and basically made all $150 back in our three-year-long membership. Yep, pretty, pretty solid. It's ridiculous. Like, there's no reason why you shouldn't take this deal. And all of the actual club members and employees there oh, they hate, hate it. They hate it. They hate it. They don't know why they did it. But I think it was their fault to begin with. I'm just going to keep wearing ridiculous shit out there. I mean, yeah. I mean, uh, I love it, though. Yeah. We're going to love it. I mean, we we aren't the people they hate, though. Me and Oliver, we rake the bunkers. We fix our ball marks on the green. We don't... We don't wear Hawaiian flat-billed hats. We don't. You Oliver do. Does. <laughs> we Oliver don't. Does. We don't, like... Uh, walk, slide our feet on the green with our cleats. Like, we aren't the people they hate. The people they hate are the other people, like that they're trying to get into the game of golf. What they're doing. The country club just wants money. The club members don't want to increase their dues, and so they said, "Okay, well, if you don't want to do that, we're gonna just make a cheap membership and have a bunch of people come play." And that's what happened. Yep, not gonna lie. First, I'm not mad at it though. The first day I went out there, so the the course is like always immaculate, but that's because barely anyone ever plays it because it's private member only. But now that they introduced this new membership, the first day I went out there, there was three groups on every hole: a group on the tee box, group in the fairway, and a group on the green. All nine holes, the nine hole course. I mean, it's already died down. I mean, we were out there yesterday, and we were, like, the only people in the parking lot. Yeah, we played yesterday. During the weekend, it's worse. But during a weekday, we played yesterday after work. And when we left the course at sundown, like 7 o'clock, we, our cars were the only cars in the parking lot. Yeah. And it, what drives me nuts, though, is, like, yesterday we played the nice, quote-unquote, Lynx course. The Lynx course is nice. I yeah, like it. But it's, like, we, like... They aerated the greens, but it wasn't terrible. They used a small hole punch, and the sand wasn't overwhelming. But I had a phenomenal chance and an eagle. Still trying to get my eagle, and the sand just killed it. I literally had a tap and burn. It just killed right on the front lip. Boo. Oliver's still searching for his first eagle. Had a 10-foot putt, so it was a par 5. It's easy downhill par 5. He uh, hit driver, middle fairway, 3-wood, rolled up on the green. Had a 10-foot straight putt for the most yeah. part it didn't break that much and they just aired the greens like I said yeah and his putt went straight at the hole and stopped like like a, a rotation or two short a centimeter short of the hole and if it wasn't aerated he would have definitely had his first eagle which is kind of upsetting yep oh, and, well. I'll and get I it. played my best round of 2018 I had 11 greens in regulation and like 15 pars. Okay, so it was the best round and the worst round ever. Oh, it was I the had, best round up until 15, 16. It was the best round up until 16. So I parred 1 through 8, and then bogey 9, and then parred 10 through 14. So I, and then... 10 uh, through 15? Yeah, then... 10 through 15. 15 10 yeah. through 15. So through 15 holes, I'm only one over par. With 14 pars and one bogey, which is like ridiculous for me. I shoot in the 80s usually, whatever. So this is like, I was like, oh my god, 
I could honestly break par for the first time yeah, ever. 16. You want to explain what 16 is? 16 could potentially be a birdie hole based off your drive. 16 is the signature hole at the course. It's a par 5 with an island green. But it's a short par 5. Like with it... Ish. Short-ish. Short-ish. It breaks... I mean, it's a dog... dog legs right. A dog legs right. And the bunker, the bunker on the inside is easily carryable if you hit your drive over like 240. And I ended up... It was the worst. I had been hitting drive like decent all day. I had a lot of fairways, but this drive, I sliced off to the right trying to cut the corner too much, mm-hmm. and it ended up rolling a few inches across the OB line into someone's backyard just by a few inches. Yeah. I was so pissed. What was the name of that golf ball? It was a Titleist that used Titleist that uh, I'd been using all around. I hadn't lost a ball all around. But, uh, what was the brand name on it? What, Guggenheim? Guggenheim. The Guggenheim ball. <laughs> the, Gu- the lucky Guggenheim ball let me down, finally. Flipping Guggenheimer. So then, so then I used my provisional drive, because I hit a provisional, which ended up honestly in the same spot, but just six inches inbounds. Yeah. <laughs> instead of six inches out of bounds. So then I hit my provisional. I had 200 yards to the island green. The pin was in the front. And I was like, all right, all I have to do is carry 200 to get it on. The pin, it? The, you, the pin was 205. Did you make it on? And I wanted to get up and down for par still so bad that I was like, all right, I'm going to try to land it short, like just the flag and give myself a one-putt birdie. I mean, par. How'd that go? I came up like a few inches short. And, and where the ball go? Went in the water. Bet it went right in the water. It went in the water. But it was so close. I hit a really good shot. But it went right. in the water. Right. So I went OB and water on the same hole. Ended up triple bogeying 16. And I'm like, all right. So now I'm four over par, which is still really good for me, honestly, through 16. 17, par three. Hit it right. Short side. Short sided myself on like a downhill slope on the green. Ended up double bogeying that par three. So I was like, wow. So I had 15, 15 pars and a triple, a double, and a bogey at this point. Yep. And then what would you do? Par 18? Yeah, 18. 18 was a routine, fairway, green, two-putt par. And if you follow us on the Instagram page, don't forget, tell your friends, your golf buddies, your family, your dog, tell whoever to follow the Instagram page at Off The Deck Podcast and tell them to follow us on iTunes. But that's the picture. That's the hole that has the pelican bunker on it. Yeah, the 18, 18 is a cool dog leg left where there's a bunker the shape of a pelican on it. Which it looks is like very. A, it looks like a pelican from space, but if you look at it from the tee box, it's yeah, it's a good, it's kind of a blob. You have no idea. It's, what, a, it's blob. a pelican. Yeah, yeah, it's a blob. But it's a cool hole. I've been in the pelican bunker once before, and it's not fun because then you have a four iron to reach the green. Yeah. It's a tough. It's a tough hole if you don't cut the corner. Yeah, I mean, yes, yesterday I aimed aimed at the at the pelican's wing, the tip of the wing, and I was like, all right, it's gonna go. draw the ball all day. I aim at the tip of the wing. It's gonna draw off the bunker. Perfect position. About six inches away from the tip of the wing. But the good <laughs> news is my alignment was solid. Yeah. No, you hit exactly where you were <laughs> aiming, which uh, happens. Very which is probably like the biggest problem I have. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so. If you follow the Instagram podcast, you'll catch up on all of our stuff as day by day rather than week by week in the podcast. Um, but it, the last topic we have is Ryan is almost got all the material for the hitting bay. Yes, the new house is coming along great. I think we talked about me having a new house last podcast. 
Did we? Yeah, we did. We did. Okay, Ish, so maybe. got a new house, and when the fiance was out of town, I decided to buy all the stuff for a hitting bay. Mm-hmm. And let's did you see. go over budget? Eh, it depends. <laughs> I went over her budget. <laughs> but I'm still a few thousand dollars shy of my budget. <laughs> yeah, my budget. My budget includes a twenty thousand dollar track man, so I'm way under budget. There you go. But uh. I mean, what I'm doing is I'm making a PVC cage with netting, and I got mats on the bottom, and I got a five five foot by five foot uh, turf to hit off of. And total is probably about eight hundred bucks, but I told her it was probably about three hundred. <laughs> and then uh, I thought I could get away with it, but me and her shared an Amazon uh, account, and so she looked at our my previous orders, and she's like, wait. Busted. So I got busted, but it's okay. It's all okay because she is she very... She loves you. Because she <laughs> loves me. There it is. And because our wedding is in two months, and she has to marry me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but think of all the money you're going to save hitting indoors compared to buying range balls. Yeah. I can save... I mean, I won't be able to see my ball flight because I'm not buying... I'm not buying any simulator software yet. Yeah. Wait till you get the TrackMan. Yeah, I'm not getting a TrackMan. Those are way too expensive. But... TrackMan, if you're listening, would appreciate a complimentary TrackMan device. Yes. Or just, you know, full swing golf. If you want to give me a $40,000 hitting bay, I'll take that too. We'll tag you in a story or something. It'll be great. So yeah, if you want to follow up on the progress of the hitting bay being built, it started today. I all of half of my stuff came in today. I got all the PVC pipe, I got all the netting, and I got the like padded floor mats. And all I'm waiting on is the turf to be delivered tomorrow. So it's it's gonna be about maybe a week. Of time for me to build it, I guess. I could build it all in one day, but... Let's just knock it out tomorrow. I'm an old man, and I go to sleep early, so I ain't got time for that. Yeah, it's already past bedtime. What is it, 9.35? It's it's already past my bedtime. On a weekday, at least. Yep. Okay, guys. uh, I guess this concludes episode four of the Off the Deck podcast. I'm Ryan. And I'm Oliver. And y'all have a great one. Later.